over the last few weeks we've been kind of busy so we haven't really been here so I feel kind of like this is my first Sunday at Creekside Church uh, it's been quite a wild ride for the last several months actually uh, it was actually 22 years ago this weekend that we moved to Albert City 22 years ago we, now, 22 years later, we moved to Urbandale. So we are in Urbandale uh, 22 years after uh, living in Albert City. And so we're, we're, we're in. Thanks to everybody who's praying and everybody who showed up yesterday. We got that thing unloaded in an hour and a half. It only took us about nine hours to load it uh, up in Albert City. And it took us about an hour and a half to unload it. Uh, now, I don't take several months probably to unpack it. But we'll, we'll be there. We're just grateful to be here. Praise God for you all. Thanks for your prayers and your support. I've got several things to call to your attention. First of all, there is a table in the, in the back as you leave it. I like the way Debbie said it, so you have to trip over the table as you leave, basically. Uh, but this is for our young people and for adults. So the children, parents, if you want something for your kids to help cultivate their walk with God this summer, it's a, there's some great resources out there. Uh, Megan, our administrative assistant, has numbered these DVDs. Uh, you can take them home. You check them out and take them so we know who's got them and you bring them back when you're done with them. There's some Bible reading plans. There's a lot of stuff out there. Please stop by. Debbie will be at the table and stop by and get those resources and take advantage of them. We encourage you to do that as you uh, leave today. I want to give a shout out to, to Gene. There he is. Uh, Gene had a birthday a few weeks ago. I messed it up, but Gene's 99, so we're grateful for that. Uh, Gene, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gene's got quite a story, and so just uh, grateful to have him here. Little Free Food Pantry. For those of you who don't know, we partner with the Reserve, which is a retirement community next door. And there's this little hut up on stakes out in the, by the parking lot. And we put foodstuffs in there. Sometimes we put uh, school supplies, whatever is needed. But we're taking a collection. Megan set up a little uh, demonstration out here in the entryway. And you can look at it and see. You just uh, go get some stuff, and we're trying to, goal is 500 items we'd like to, like to get there. So just a little inside, everything that you see on that table was purchased for $30, okay? So uh, if, you, if you really want a good, well, actually, I'm not going to say that. I know somebody who's a really good shopper, so you can talk to me afterwards if you want to get that information. But a little free pantry. Also, we got some neat things coming up this summer. We're going to have a big 4th of July uh, celebration here, and we're going to watch the fireworks, going to open it up to people in the community. Hopefully they can come, and you can invite your friends and neighbors. We're going to have a little picnic here, and then uh, we'll maybe make some popcorn and have some stuff in the parking lot and water free for people who want to come in from the community to watch the fireworks 4th of July. Address the mess is starting. All the stuff is in the bulletin. We got a, a short series, so I don't know about you. Anybody's ever created a mess or been in a mess? Uh, if you haven't lived long enough to be in a mess or create a mess, maybe you should come and learn. You get, get advanced training, and uh, then you can get that, okay? 
Uh, so please uh, join us for that. Uh, Bob Vaughn, Bob, raise your hand back there. Bob's looking for uh, a few good men and women uh, to head to Haiti. Uh, he still needs a couple of people, I think, right, Bob? A couple? Yeah, we've got room for a couple more, so that's September. Uh, you can talk to Rod Clarkson, or you could talk to uh, Bob Calmers, you could talk to Bob Vaughn, you could talk to Norb, uh, people that would uh, give you some insight onto that mission trip. I encourage you to go. Also, uh, I want to close by uh, introducing uh, a group that's, uh, this is Memorial Day weekend, a uh, weekend in which we specifically remember or acknowledge those who've gone before us, and particularly those who've served in the military and those who've lost their lives. And so we got a group coming uh, just before we dismiss the young people for Sunday school, and they're going to give us a little presentation. So you guys take it away. So um, there's a, this group called the Young Patriots Club, and my, my family participates in that. And we just really want to remember, you know, this, this country that we live in, um, the freedoms that we enjoy, and we want to praise God for that. He's the one that we believe that has caused us to live here and caused us um, to have such liberty. So we want to remember that and also remember those who have served. So this, this group that they're in, they do a lot of memorizing and they do a lot of veterans events and things like that. I'd just like to take a minute. Anyone who's served in the military, could you please stand up and just let us, let us thank you? Anyone who's served in, the, in any branch of the military. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your service. of listening to their Patriots Club uh, recite 
was it the Gettysburg Address you guys you guys did or was yeah oh yeah that's right it was Martin Luther King Day they, they uh, recited his uh, I have a dream speech young people you're dismissed for Sunday school so if you make your way back there your teachers are anxiously waiting for you and they're ready for you to come I'd invite you to uh, join me if you would as we pray in preparation for worship through his word let's pray father we are indeed privileged to be here in a free country and I think of that one line in the song uh, that you would refine us as gold and Lord I pray for our country because our country is in many ways like a ship that's without a rudder right now uh, in many respects but yet I pray that you draw us back to yourself not that the United States of America is somehow any better than any other country but we pray that by your grace we would submit to you and your will and your way that you might use us as the psalmist says that you would be gracious to us O Lord and bless us that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all peoples let all the peoples praise you let all the peoples praise you Lord uh, let the nations be glad and I pray that they would be glad because they are introduced to the Savior and that we might have a part in that by your grace we pray now father for the study of your word and ask that you would open our eyes as the psalmist prayed that we might behold wonderful truths from your law not just to sit and soak and absorb them lord but that they might transform us which is your goal for our lives that we might glorify you we pray in jesus name amen well two weeks ago we hosted our youngest daughter's graduation high school graduation party at our house actually we did it at uh, in a, in a uh, fellowship hall at the church where I served for 21 years and family came from out of state and from out of town and they were sitting there it was kind of interesting because part of our family was uh, gathered in a cluster over here just you know yucking it up and having fun and part of the family was in the kitchen and they were serving and stocking and doing stuff and those two pictures paint a perfect contrast and illustrate very much the way that many of us who profess faith in Jesus relate to our Lord some of us are all about the relationship and some of us are all about the work some of us are all about getting it done and all others are focused on how we can get to know and, and worship the Lord better. And too often, I think most of us fall into the camp of let's get her done. Uh, there's work to be done. Now, it's not just in our walk with God, not just in serving God, but it's just in life. You know, we all have this long list of stuff that we got to get done, things that we need to do. And the struggle that we have of balancing the work and the worship is illustrated acutely in the life of Mary and Martha in a very familiar passage in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, uh, we see the struggle that many of us who know Jesus feel. And we learn from their examples what the Lord really wants from us. And so this morning, I want to take us into that passage. It's a brief passage, but the drama that's played out in their home 
comes to us in three acts, and those, from those acts we learn what the Lord really desires from His people. I'm going to read the text. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42, and nobody condemn anybody else who's using a cell phone at this point, okay, and accusing them of texting or Instagram or Snapchat. Uh, if that's the way you look at the Bible, that's fine with me. We do have surveillance cameras that are checking out if you're doing something else, though. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the Lord's word, seated at his feet. But Martha was disgraced, or distracted, I'm sorry, with all of her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things. But only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The first scene in the drama is the hospitality of Martha. Martha's hospitality is, is received in verse 38. Jesus and his 12 disciples are traveling, making their way to Jerusalem. And back in chapter 10, they had come to a place in Samaria, and he had sent his disciples to ask if they could have uh, be received. And they said, no, we don't want anything to do with you. So here they come to Mary and Martha's house, uh, in Bethany, probably. And they said, uh, they walked in, you know, just kind of came up and, Martha's like, yeah, come on in, come on in. Now, this is a family that's close to Jesus, and Jesus is close to them. They, it was their brother, Lazarus, who had passed away, and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. It was Mary and Martha who loved Jesus, and Jesus loved them. I want you to, we have a slide of Luke, or John chapter 11, verses 3 and 5. Mary, whose brother Lazarus was sick, the sisters therefore sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So this is not just anybody that shows up on the street. This is really, really close friends. They come in, they want to hang out. But it wasn't just Jesus. And these other 12 hoodlums uh, that, that came with Jesus. So now, ladies, just imagine that right after the service... One of your best friends says, hey, can, can we come over for lunch? And by the way, I've got uh, 12 buddies that are with me. Right now, you know, nothing announced. Right after the service, they just come up to you and say, we're coming over for lunch. Wow. For most ladies, that's kind of a, that's an anxiety-producing event, you know, because uh, how did we leave the house this morning, you know? And what's it look like? And so here it is. Martha welcomed them into her home. hospitality comes with responsibility. You can invite people in? Well, come on in. That means you're going to feed them. You're going to take care of them. You're going to provide for them. And it's, it's difficult. Martha's hospitality is very commendable. It's also costly. And it's not very convenient. And Creekside family, look at If we're going to love on people, it's going to cost us. And it's not going to be convenient. 
Because there's a bazillion other things you would rather do with your time. But God didn't call you into the family to sit and soak. He didn't call me into the family to sit and soak. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to have your boundaries. You need to have your boundaries. Though sometimes you just need to be about you and your, your family, and that's fine. But that's not all the time. That's not even most of the time. So we see Martha's hospitality is received, but then we see her hostility, which is rebuked. In the next section, in verse, 30, verse 39, we pick up the story. And she had a sister called Mary who moreover was listening to the Lord's word seated at his feet. There's a stark contrast here. And the contrast is seen in a couple of activities. We see it basically in Mary's activity and Martha's activity. First of all, Mary's devotion. What's Mary doing? Martha's just invited Jesus and his disciples into the house for a meal, and Mary walks right in, follows Jesus, and sits down and starts listening to Jesus. Seated at his feet. Which whenever we encounter Mary in the presence of Jesus, that's where she's at. At Jesus' feet. In John chapter 11, when Jesus showed up and Lazarus had passed away, Mary is at Jesus' feet. John eleven thirty two. She fell at Jesus' feet after Lazarus died. In chapter 12 of John, verse 3, it's at this meal, Mary comes in at Jesus' feet. Okay? She's there at Jesus' feet. She revered Jesus highly. She loved Jesus greatly. And she related with Jesus very humbly and an eagerness to learn. His words were important to her. She wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. Martha was about getting it done. Mary was, I want to hear what Jesus has to say. I wonder, and believe me, I've been asking myself this week, particularly, do the words of the one who indwells my heart really matter that much to me? You know, as you open your Bible, as you read your Bible, as you hear somebody preaching or teaching, as you uh, listen to the Christian music on the radio, do, do the words of Jesus that are come out through those things, do they really matter? Sometimes I open my Bible and say, well, there's a Bible reading plan. Well, okay, check, check, check. I got those verses read. Check, check, check. Whoopee. Did the words of Jesus make a difference in my life. And then we have in contrast to that, stark contrast is Martha's distraction. We've got Mary's devotion over here. We've got Martha's distraction. It's interesting because Mary was focused on worship and learning and Martha was focused on work and serving. There's pressure when you're you have hospitality, you know. Her, her pressure to provide was stronger than her desire to just sit at the feet of Jesus. Over the years, there have been many times uh, when Marlon and I have had people into our home, and on numerous occasions, I find myself, my wife's in the kitchen, and she's talking it up with the people, you know, they're standing, like, I'm usually the last one home, like, they go, like, sometimes on, it's usually on Sundays, and we're, and I would go home, I'm kind of the last one in, and it's like, they're all sitting there, yakety, 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 and I'm coming in like, are we going to eat? 
you know, like sometime. And uh, there's food, you know, and so I'm like, okay, you got, here, here, she gives me a plate of meat, put this on the grill. Okay, so I'm running out here and put this on the grill, and she yakety, 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 you know, and there, I don't know how women do this. You know, I would cut my thumb off if, if I was, you know, peeling potatoes or slicing carrots and talking at the same time, but no, they can get it done. I can't get it done. I was like, don't talk to me, I'm cutting, you know, but no. And I find myself with Martha. Martha was distracted, but what was Martha distracted from? She was distracted from adoring the Lord. She was distracted from adoration of the king in her presence. I ain't got time for Jesus. I got to get her done. Whoa. That's dangerous. She, she didn't have time to worship the Lord. There was, there was no enjoyment of His company. There was no communion. There was no communication with the Savior in her home. How tragic. She was distracted from absorbing His words. She wasn't sitting where Mary was, so she couldn't listen to Jesus very much, probably, maybe from the kitchen she heard what Jesus was saying, but I'm guessing she wasn't really listening. She may have heard it. You know, in your ear you have these things called the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup, and then you have these little uh, vacillating things, and it creates sound in your ears. That's what I think Martha heard was sound, but not words of Jesus. And she was distracted from appropriate service. It seems to me that Martha's service was out of duty and not really out of devotion. She was not there just really serving Jesus out of her love. She was not listening to Him. There's no joyful obedience. What was she distracted by? She was distracted from those things, but she was also distracted by all of the work that had to be done. And believe me, folks, to entertain, especially in those days, even now it takes a lot of work to entertain 13 extra people. But then she had to build a fire. And that's why some of you gals should go to Haiti, because then you'll see. I mean, this is a little bit more like it was in Jesus' time. You know, they had to go out, gather the wood, gather the coals, charcoal, build a fire, heat up the water, do whatever they got to do. Then they got to go out, get the chicken, you know, take care of the chicken, uh, and then... uh, Butcher the chicken and do the stuff. This is what Martha is dealing with here. There's a lot of stuff to be done. She was distracted by all the amount of work. Several years ago, uh, Marla and I had this, uh, this blessed family, and uh, we love them to death, and they, had, they have nine kids. Okay. And uh, they had three teenage boys at the time. So it's like, we're, we're just like spontaneous. So, so one day... Uh, you know, we said, hey, you guys want to come over, over for lunch? Well, sure. Okay, so we got nine, ten, eleven additional people plus our five and three te- four teenage boys at the time because our son Tyler was a, was a teenager. And I mean, this gal, you know, makes like industrial size uh, pans of bars, you know. That's for snacks, okay? 
So we are like going through the cupboard, grabbing all the spaghetti, all the pasta. My wife gets the biggest pot she's got, puts water in it, starts boiling. We're looking for every loaf of bread we got. We're buttering the bread, putting lots of butter on the bread. You got to fill these guys up. And we're doing all this stuff, scrambling around to make room for all these people because it takes effort to put on that big of a spread. It was all good. And, but, you know, busy and she was distracted from the absence of Mary's help look at verse 40 but Martha was distracted with all her preparations that's the first point busy 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 still lots to do and she came up to him Jesus and she said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone she was distracted by all the work but she was also distracted by the absence of Mary's help Mary wasn't doing a thing to feed all these people. And Martha was doing it all, and she was upset. I was uh, in my much-traveled roads lately, driving by a work crew on the road. It was about six, seven guys standing there in their little yellow vests, you know, so you don't hit them. And... um, they're not bullseyes, okay, they're, they're, that's those, so you don't hit them. And uh, then the other guy, they're standing around watching. One guy do all the work. All getting paid the same. It all pays the same, you know. One guy doing all the work, six guys watching. Martha felt like the guy doing all the work while everybody else is watching. And she was distracted by that, and she was upset by that, and she didn't like it. And she was finally distracted by the apathy of Jesus. Because you look what she says in verse 40, and Martha was distracted by all her preparations, and she came up to him, that's Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care? Don't you care? Jesus, look at me. I'm an A-plus student. Don't you care that I'm doing all the work? She was horrified by all the work she had to do. She was literally hot, angry by Mary's inactivity, and she was very hurt by Jesus' apathy towards the whole situation. She was actually looking for Jesus to come alongside and commend her work and condemn Mary's inactivity somehow to gain an ally in her condemnation of her sister. She wanted Jesus to validate her focus on productivity. Problem is, Jesus rarely does does what we demand of him to do. I wonder, can you feel Martha's pain? Now, I know, some of you are like, you're real relational people, and you're just like, I'm not really concerned about that. But I think even the the relational folks can get a grip on the fact that there's something a little bit, seems a little bit distorted here. Seems a little bit out of kilter. Doesn't seem like it's any equitable distribution of the workload. And that was hard. And especially for people like me who maybe struggle sometimes with thinking that our worth is validated by our tangible evidence of physical accomplishment. I can prove that I got something done. 
That's one of the worst things about ministries because we're never finished. You know, I mean, we're in process of being conformed to the image of Christ. So if you're in ministry, you're working with people who are always never done, including yourself. That's why mowing the grass is a relief. Because I can, it's done. It's done. Until, you know, two days later, uh, after the rain. But this is, Mar- this is what Martha's feeling. So Martha's hospitality is received, her hostility is revealed, and finally her hostility is rebuked by Jesus in verses 41 and 42. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. <laughs> His rebuke takes two forms. First of all, there is the condemnation of Martha's work. Martha's work is condemned, which is kind of, it's kind of a downer for us type A people. You know, it's kind of like, it really didn't count. He says this, Martha, Martha. But I, I think he was tender. I think he was loving. I think he was gentle, but firm. You're about so many things. You're bothered. You're, you're worried. That means anxious, upset, uh, concerned. I think the, and bothered by. Well, there's food to prepare. There's cleaning that needs to be done. What does the bathroom look like? All these people are coming in. What does that look like? You know, what's the kitchen look like? Don't come into the kitchen, but I got to be in the kitchen. Don't go, oh, the living room. Yeah, well, we had, uh, you know, people here last night and uh, all these things. What are we going to have? What are, how am I going to serve, you know, 13 extra people? What are we going to eat? Oh, well, Jesus is here. He'll just multiply stuff, right? No, that's not what she's thinking. She doesn't know. So she's distracted and bothered by so many things. She was consumed with her excessive preparations, which diverted her attention away from her proper concern for God. See, it seems to me that Martha was concerned about Martha and not her Messiah. Feeding her guests was legitimate, right? I mean, she had to feed them something. But she was obsessed with the task so that her work, this is the key for you and for me, that her work eclipsed her worship. Her work eclipsed the fact that Jesus was in her presence. There's only a few things, physical things, that are necessary for the meal. Only one thing really matters, and that's a spiritual thing. That's a spiritual thing. Martha's concern for preparations eclipsed her need for communion with the Lord. So I ask you this morning, Creekside family, what are you worried and bothered about? What's so pressing in your life that it will eclipse your worship of the King? What is it for you? What keeps us from listening to His Word? Moving, you know, we got pictures of, uh, do we have, have pictures in there? Maybe, somewhere? I, didn't, I thought I sent them, didn't get them? Yeah, there you go. That's part of it. That's the mess before we left. I didn't take pictures this morning to give you the mess once we arrived. But it actually looks worse than that in some places. Are we distracted about our next job promotion? Are we distracted about some physical or emotional pain that we're going through? Are we distracted by, well, this summer, you know, I got ball games, I got baseball, I got softball, I got swimming, I've got 
You list it. Camping, vacation, golf. I've got Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat. They are distracting me from everything that would keep me focused on the Lord. There's no end to stuff. What about church programs? Yeah, well, we got to we got to have some programs for the summer. You know, we got to keep busy because far be it from us that we would let people actually take a breath and spend time with God. Programs can be good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yesterday afternoon, I uh, I was like, I'm surrounded by boxes and all this stuff, and we're still in the process of remodeling. And so I just said, whoa. So I went out on the deck and. And I just sat there for a while and just spent some time thinking and praying and saying, whoa, you know, I just got to gotta get, I'm going to preach on this tomorrow, you know, so you better kind of practice what you preach a little bit. Besides, Debbie told me I had to. So, uh, and I just think about it. Really only one thing's necessary. What's the one thing that's necessary? Our relationship with the Lord. That's the necessary thing. Everything else is superfluous. Everything else is secondary. So let's just, you know, take a little gut check before summer gets into full swing and say, what am I going to do to keep myself focused on worship and not work? Then there's Mary's worship, which is commended. This is like, this is the, the pinnacle of it. Martha's like, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, do what Mary's doing. Mary chose the good part, which cannot be taken away. The good part was to worship, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to his words. Her love for the Lord spilled out into her worship. And she was unwilling to let the work eclipse her relationship with the Lord. Most of us, it's just the opposite. Folks, we've got to put a priority on this and I don't mean just like, okay, you got to take 10 minutes here and that's my devotion. I mean, throughout the day, you know, let's, let's keep our eyes on the Lord and, and grounded in, in His Word. What does Paul say? Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, you know, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Then our service is in Submission to Him and to His Word, and it's, it's encouraging. In both our contemplation and in our concrete action, we can worship God. We can still worship God by preparing the meal for, for people. That's, that's cool. The last time that I flew overseas to Hungary was in 2016, and there were, over and back, there were six separate legs to the flight. Okay, I hope you understand what I mean by legs. So I fly from Des Moines to Chicago, from Chicago to Frankfurt, from Frankfurt to Budapest. Okay, then from Budapest to Frankfurt, and Frankfurt to Des Moines, or to Chicago, and Chicago to Des Moines. Every time, every flight, I hear the same spiel. You know, okay, put your seat in the upright position and put your tray tables in the stowed, an upright position. Okay, here's the, here's the life vest thing, you know, you strap it around you and there's a little thing below here, 
You know, if you want, or you can pull the cord and it'll inflate by itself. If the oxygen goes out of the thing, don't worry about it. There's a thing that'll drop down out of the out of the roof and put it on the little kid next to you before you put or put it on yourself, but then put it on the little kid next to you. Blah 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 blah. There's a seat cushion underneath. There's a flotation device under the seat cushion. Blah 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 blah. Everybody's sitting there reading, doing their texting, ignoring what's going on. Peter told Jesus. To whom will we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Do we treat God's word like the announcements on the airplane? Just ignore it. It's, it doesn't really matter. I mean, who cares? We're never going to crash anyway, right? So we don't care. No. We busy ourselves. Most of us ignore what actually could save our life, what actually gives us life which are the words of Jesus, listening to his word. Instead, we busy ourselves with what seems like what's more important stuff in life. Why should we put our priority on worship anyway? Because God is worthy of our worship. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and, uh, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship because his word is necessary for our salvation. We listen to his word. I sat at the table of a, young, of an elder, a guy about my age in, in Hungary and he said to me, I, don't, I just don't believe. And I said, you need to get into the word of God because the scripture tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you don't believe you don't believe because you're not exposed to the Word. Because the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make those who are lost turn to Christ. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make those who know God more like God. We've got to be in the Word. We need it. We need Him. He's worthy of our, of our work. Of, of the Lord. Unbelievers, you know, if you're here this morning, you know, all this Jesus talk, you know, you've never put your faith or your trust in Jesus, that's okay with, with me. I mean, I'm, I feel like I want you to come to know Jesus, but you're more like the, all the people on the plane just ignoring the message. And what I want to challenge you with is this is a message of life. It's not just high in the pie in the sky stuff. This is actual real. And unless you listen to the message, and understand that you are a sinful person separated from an almighty God who will condemn you to an eternity apart from Him, and that you need to turn from your sins and trust in Him, you will be condemned. And I am the steward on the plane telling you this will save your life. So please, put down your iPad. Put down your phone. And turn and trust in Jesus. Because he has the words of life. And only in him can you be saved. You lose sight of God's worth and his value. Believers, we, we miss it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation comes from the renewing of our mind with what is true. And that's where God wants us to be. God desires our worship. John chapter 4, he says, the, the Lord seeks those who, who, who uh, 
worship in spirit and in truth. It's up on the screen. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. And wants us, he desires our worship. He desires that we honor him and make his word a priority in our life. Now, you know, you can do it out of duty. Oh, pastor, so they got to do this. I got to do this. No, because he wants a relationship. Are we willing to give him the relationship that he deserves? That's the question. And what a beautiful thing to do at, at, at a close of this text is to take a few moments to sit at his feet and to break bread and drink the cup and to remember that it is his body which was broken and his blood that was shed so that we might have life. To sit at his feet, to worship, to connect, and to remember his worth and his work. His value to us is because of what he's done for us. And when we break the bread, which is a symbol of his body broken, and drink the cup, which is a symbol of his bloodshed, we are remembering and rejoicing and sitting at his feet like Mary did. We celebrate God's love for us through the cross of Calvary because we don't deserve what he did for us. This bread and juice are symbols of his body broken and his blood shed. And if you are here this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to take a few moments while the praise team sings this first song and just spend time listening to the Lord, spend time cleansing your hearts, clearing your minds, letting, confessing sin. And then as the Spirit of God moves you, come up and take the bread and take the cup as an act of worship. And say, Lord, forgive me for my tendency to eclipse you in my life, in my worship of you. And give me grace to make decisions daily to trust you enough to worship you throughout the day and honor you in that way that I might glorify your name. Let's pray. Father, as we, uh, um, as we break the bread and as we uh, come to do that, I pray that your spirit would work in our hearts and guide us and direct us by your grace. Lord, I don't know. I'm more like Martha. Uh, others are more like Mary. Help all of us to be focused on worshiping you and not ourselves. In Jesus' name, we Oh